Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jim Kircher. This week marked the beginning of the Islamic holy month of Ramadan. Many Muslims locally and around the world are observing this holiday by daily fasting, increased religious observance, and self-reflection. With the month falling within the school year, the Missouri chapter of the Council on Islamic Relations, CARE, released an educator's guide to Ramadan and accommodating Muslim students. It aims to help teachers better understand and accommodate Muslim students during this time and gives clarity on such things as whether students should be participating in physical education or how to deal with medication for fasting students. Joining me in the studio to talk about how to help accommodate Muslim students and their religious obligations are CARE's Executive Director, Faisan Syed, O'Fallon Township High School student, Rawan Hamed, and local imam, Jalali Qasem of the Dar al-Jalal Islamic Center. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having um, us. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, Imam, perhaps you can explain just how important the month of Ramadan is in Islam. The month of Ramadan is the uh, one of the pillars, actually, fasting itself. The act of fasting in the month of Ramadan is one of the pillars of Islam. As far as the month of Ramadan, time-wise, it's actually the ninth-month lunar calendar. And in it, uh, one of the significance of the month is actually the Qur'an, which is the holy book of the Muslims, was revealed in this uh, this month. And also that in that Qur'an, in that holy book, God actually uh, prescribed the fasting upon all of the Muslims and the that's the main significance because it was prescribed by God and it was the month where the Quran was revealed and is probably the most spiritual time for the Muslims uh, uh, during the month, this month. And so it's on the lunar calendar, so it falls in a different place on the January through December calendar, so it will switch. It does. And it has now moved, I think for the first time in a long time, into the school year, and that's what we're talking about. But I want to ask about the fast. I mean, this is uh, no drinking either, right? From right before sunrise to sunset. In this month, actually, with, uh, with the observing this month, the Muslims will fast from dawn to sunset, no eating, no uh, drinking. And this is not just for any the Muslims uh, around the world, which is more than 1.5 billion Muslims around the world. They're observing the same fast at the same time during the same month for the period of 29 to 30 days, according to the lunar calendar. Yeah, so Faisan, uh, CARE has put out this uh, guidebook for school districts because, again, this is really the first time, and it's going to last quite a while. So uh, Ramadan will stay within the school year, I think, for, for quite some time. You've got a generation of students now who will be observing Ramadan during the school year. That's right. So Ramadan is a month that moves back about 10 to 11 days every year because it's based on the lunar calendar. The last time Ramadan was during the school year was basically 10 years ago. And even then, it was only in the last two weeks or so of August. So an entire generation of young Muslim students have grown up when fasting was in the summer. And this has really uh, significant uh, challenges that students are going through. The One of the most significant challenges, other than not eating and drinking, is the sleep schedule. So for example, a lot of my cousins and, and younger people, in the summertime, they basically stay awake all night and they sleep all day, right? And now because the school year's fall fallen back in, dealing with the sleep schedule, dealing with not eating in school are all challenges that young Muslim students are facing. So when you say accommodate, what are you uh, asking school districts to keep in mind? Well, let me give you a quick insight. When I was growing up, I grew up in Kirkwood my entire life from elementary, middle, and high school. And at that time, I was just one of two Muslims in the entire district. Uh, it was just me and, of course, my brother. 
And during those times we would fast in Ramadan, the school really didn't know how to respond. So they would basically just put us in the cafeteria with all of our other friends. And every day we'd basically sit in the cafeteria while everybody would eat and we would just sit there not eating. And that happened since I was in first grade all the way until I graduated as a senior in high school. Um, and that was then. But now, of course, schools, some of the combinations we recommend is really talk to your students first and foremost to see what are their challenges. Try to find an alternative during the lunchtime and the cafeteria time, but find an alternative that doesn't isolate the student. Because eating is not only about eating, but also about being with your friends. So I remember uh, one of the students, their accommodation that school gave them is just going to the library. But of course, that's no good because they're there by themselves. Another thing to consider is that Physical education, PE, should also be thought of. Many students actually have the wherewithal to actually go to PE. Like when I was in school, I went to PE every day and it wasn't an issue for me. But other students might find that challenging. So have that conversation with the students about whether physical education is something possible or not. But it's not a matter of, as I read through the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the guide, it's not a matter of you must do this, you must do this. I think some, much of this is, is understanding that students need to have some options. That's right. This guide is really designed as just an educational tool. The school districts across St. Louis in the country are becoming more diverse, and there's more Muslim students there. I think any educational institution would want more information, more clarification on what their student body is going through to make a more welcoming, nurturing environment. So, Rowan, you have to go through this as a high school student. You fasted before, but this is the first time during a school year that you've, uh, you've uh, had Ramadan. So how does this affect you? I mean, is, is, it, is it tougher? I mean, I have to, I've, never, I've never fasted to this extent, so I wouldn't know. But I'd probably be, and I don't mean to make light of this, but I'd be dozing off or I would be, you know, I'm not sure. So how about for you? How, how tough is it an adjustment to keep that school schedule going during Ramadan? Well, as Faizan had touched base on it, um, my school actually, they don't have very many Muslims or even Arab, and they don't know how to react. So they told us um, through a Facebook post, basically, oh, during lunch, if you want to go to the library and sit in there, you can, which was already an option throughout the whole year, no matter Ramadan or not. And it is kind of isolating. I don't know if anybody uses that option because what, like, what are you going to go do? <laughs> and so it is a little bit challenging. Um, even my classes personally, I do have to take physical education. And my whole life, my body has reacted to heat very poorly. And we run outside a lot. I told my teacher before Ramadan had started, I told her, oh, I'm going to be fasting. I won't be hydrated. I won't be able to run as well or as much as the other kids. And she basically, she was like, oh, you'll be fine. You know, it'll be all right. You will just, you'll be able to do it. And so this this does become an educational process. And, And again, you said you're only, there's only a few Muslim students in your school. So I think it's understandable that they haven't haven't necessarily faced this before. I have to ask before I move on to some other things. This is also finals time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, so how do you how do you deal with that? And what, is a school district expected to accommodate uh, test taking uh, during Ramadan? I think these are interesting questions. Mm-hmm. But can you uh, can you get through finals week? Uh? I think so. I already from now I have been 
not waking up for what we call suhoor, which is translates to basically breakfast, where you wake up before the first prayer, which starts at dawn, and you eat breakfast so that you can last throughout the day. And I am too tired to do that. So usually what I do is I eat like something small before bed and I just wake up at four just to drink water and go back to sleep. So I feel during finals week, I probably, I don't know, I probably wouldn't even wake up at four at all just to get the rest that I can because obviously they're not going to accommodate a few students over a few hundred. So, Imam, explain to me um, uh, at what age uh, are, are uh, kids, young people, expected to begin to fast and um, what kinds of exceptions can be made, if any? Uh, the kids are supposed to be, actually Muslims are supposed to start fasting when they reach the age of puberty, whether it's male or female. And the exceptions that we have is the except, most of them are exception, medical exceptions. So there is a waiver for those who cannot physically uh, fast during the day of uh, Ramadan. So, so pretty much this is. Uh, and by the way, the kids, they... Uh, the, I have two kids who go to high school, so I kind of like understand what uh, Faizan and Rawan are talking about. Uh, and it's not an easy for them because of the schedule changing, because like you said, the final. And we need those schools to be at least understanding and knowing what these kids are going through, which is part of their religion, part of their faith. So it's mandatory upon them to fast unless there is difficulties, unless there is they go through uh, some kind of difficulties, which is mainly, uh, mainly uh, health-wise. So I see my kids. I see their change of uh, sleeping schedules. I see the—and now it's actually—they talk to me about the the finals and all this stuff, but it's they have to fast and they're uh, they're almost uh, used to it now because the first few days are a little tough, but after that they get used to it. However, yeah, well, like I said, I've never done this, but I've read that y- y- your body does adjust you, you, very you, quick. Yeah, very quick. Yeah. Especially if you're young, the the body will uh, will adjust very quickly, but. Uh, the point I think we're trying to make here through the education, it's uh, basically the administrations and the teachers, they understand these students who are in their class, they are fasting. They are not really, uh, they are not, they're going through a special circumstances that needs to be taken in consideration when it comes to whatever they do in school. Faizan, the, the reaction that you get that, um, from the Council on American Islamic Relations and the guidebook uh, is it, uh, well, thank you very much, this is very helpful, or um, what are you talking about, we don't need this, or what are you doing here? Overall, our guide has been received very positively through schools and teachers all across the region. What we have to understand is that educators really want to understand what their students are going through, and this guide is something unique because it comes from a Muslim perspective and comes from that uh, perspective. I One feedback that I received from Kirkwood, which is the school that I went to, they actually forwarded that um, to their different departments and whatnot, again, as an educational resources. How the teachers and how the administration puts into practice, that depends on the individual school. But again, I think having more information, having more knowledge is better than not having it at all. So you, you probably hear this in one way or another that um, Islam is being forced on us and um, that's what this is all about. Uh, do you hear that or is that not an issue around here? Thankfully, that's not an issue around here. That is an issue in other parts of the country. And again, if anybody looks at the guides and read it, it really isn't a guide that says do this or do that, but rather it's a guide that shares stories. 
that says this is what students are going through. This is what other students have gone through during lunch, during PE, during swimming classes, if they're taking medication. And this is some advice on what you can do to follow up on it. Uh, one of the things that we also encourage schools is to really take this more seriously because as time goes on, the classroom is going to get more diverse and potentially more students are going to be coming in. So if they're able to start now and create policies this year, Ramadan is going to be in the school year for the next 15 years, uh, for sure. So if they can start now, they can then be better able and create a better learning environment for the students going to the future. Yeah, and my understanding in general is that uh, religious practices can be accommodated in public schools as long as they're not disruptive. That's right. And as far as I can see from your, from your guide, there's, it, there's, there's no disruption here. Is that right? That's right. No. Yeah. So, Rowan, I think one of the, the things, and, and, and uh, Faisal, maybe you can address this as well, you know, you don't want to be the kid that stands out. You know, if you're in a school with a lot of uh, Muslim kids, um, it's one thing. But if there's just a few, you know, you don't want to be the one who says, oh, I need special treatment. Has that been a problem for you now or if it's on earlier for you? Mm-hmm. Was it a problem even bringing this up? I feel that I am – well, I am used to fasting, so I don't feel that I need um, special treatment, but – as I said earlier, when I had asked my teacher, like, oh, can I basically sit out or not run as much? And she she didn't know how to handle it. A lot of the kids, and they she started... She also think you're trying to get out of gym class, yeah. which people do <laughs> on an yeah, occasion, yeah. She right? She didn't know, you know. <laughs> and she, a lot of the kids, they heard, like, oh, you're fasting, and they didn't, they didn't know what it was. And they would ask me, oh, like, you're starving yourself for 30 days straight. And I'm like, no, you get to eat at least once a day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people, they don't really know what it is at my school personally. And they, I feel as the more they learn about it, the more they will learn to accommodate it. It just needs to be brought up more. And over the years, hopefully, we will be standing out a little less. Yeah. Just to add on to what Rwan said, see what, um, what maybe uh, folks don't understand is that a large population in the Muslim community are first-generation immigrants. And because of that, their parents teach them to stay low, keep your head low, right. get good grades, and things like that. So when I was growing up, it was very awkward and very difficult for me to actually have any conversation with my teachers about Ramadan or me being Muslim or anything. And one of the challenges also happens is that when Muslims fast, they now become the imam at their school. They have to talk about what is Ramadan, what is fasting, what's the religious accommodation. They have to become religious experts. Just as oftentimes after September 11th, students have to become political experts as well about what's going on in the Middle East and things like that. And all that creates a very challenging environment for these students. Uh, So this is just some of the challenges that students go through when they're fasting in Ramadan. So does the council with this um, this guide, do you, you know, knock on every door in, in every school district? Do you send it out or you wait for requests? How, how, do, you, how do you get this to them? All the above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we definitely send it out. We wait for requests because in the end, Ramadan is an, a very important part of our religious faith and our practice. Muslims love Ramadan. They look forward to Ramadan. They love the iftar, breaking the fast meals that happen. And of course, as Muslim students go to school or people go to work, uh, or just interact with the large population. I think the more the general population is aware of the religious practices of other folks, the more we can create a society, an educational environment, a workplace that's welcoming to all people. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes we think that um, uh, whatever, whichever religion it is, is uh, the, these things are, are made to make us suffer. 
and 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 hurt. And uh, but uh, Ramadan also has celebration in it as well. I mean, t- tell me a little bit about beyond the fast. Um, what 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 brings this community together during Ramadan? Well, like Faizan said, actually, the, the Muslims uh, all over the world, they love Ramadan. This is their favorite time of the year because it's uh, the most spiritual time of the, of the year. Second, because there is a lot of social gatherings during the month of Ramadan. So you, during the day, you are actually observing a, an act of worship towards the Creator. And during the night, basically, you're also we have something called relaxing prayer which is a tarawih, which is actually after the last prayer of the night. There is a prayer that, believe it or not, it's called relaxing prayer. So that actually during that prayer, you relax, you meet people, you talk to people. And it's, it's, it's actually amazing. The month of Ramadan, even though it seems like people are fasting and they're not eating and they're not drinking during the day, but they love it the most because this is the most sociable or social month of the year. Not only that, but also... Uh, during the, at the end of the month, there is something called Eid, which is the one of the two celebrations of the year of the Muslims, where we have a prayer. We have people who are gathering. Actually, most of the metropolitan uh, Muslims will gather in one prayer, and they celebrate the Eid together. We have a festival, Eid festival, which is usually done in Prospect Park, uh, uh, which is the celebration of the, the, the month or the end of the month. So there is a lot of fun stuff uh, uh, with the fasting that uh, we are talking about. Yeah, we're, we're all learning a lot in the last uh, 10, 20 years or so, and I, I, I think it's fascinating. I want to go back really to, to why you're here, that Ramadan this year and for the next 10 years or so is falling within the school year. And so, Faisan, let's just go back to what is being asked of school districts um, now that Muslim students will be, not all of them, because there's various levels of observation within any religious community, but many uh, Muslim students will be observing. What are you asking school districts to do? The main thing we're really asking for school districts is to be uh, better well-informed and be more educated. Take some time to really learn about Ramadan, to have conversations with your Muslim students, and to just have that conversation with them. Don't assume that every Muslim who's in your school is fasting. Don't assume that everybody is going to be doing the same thing. Everybody's at a different level. But the important part is for school districts to have conversations internally, to generate policies, and then to then uh, expand those policies upon the larger population. A few areas of focus, of course, lunchtime, physical education, if there's swimming classes, what to do there, and talk to the students about medication. So if some students are taking medication throughout the day, how do we deal with Ramadan through those medications? So that's really what we're asking for school districts to do, is to learn so that way what I went through when I was in the school in Kirkwood in the 90s doesn't happen again. And don't assume the students are going to tell you. Right? Don't assume that because, again, many of the students are not in a position where they can have those conversations with the principal or the administrative staff, which is why CARE is setting out this guide. And we hope that educators who want to create a more nurturing environment will read through the guide. It's only a few pages long and really learn about not only Ramadan but perhaps other religious holidays and other religious observances as well to accommodate the more diversification of the student body. Are you encouraged by the response so far? So far, I'm very encouraged, uh, very excited. Um, just to add on to what Imam Jalali said, you know, one of the reasons I love Ramadan is because there's also the communal breaking of the fast meals that happen at various Islamic centers. And it really is a very fun month. And the more that schools can do to understand it, the more that their students will feel welcome in the schools. 
Great. So, uh, I want to thank you guys so much, Faison, Syed, Rawan Hamed, and Imam Jawali Qasem for joining us today, and happy Ramadan. Thank, thank you so you. much. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak. <laughs> this is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.